This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Millions of people suffer from orthopedic conditions that call for therapeutic interventions, ranging from chronic low-level discomfort to pain that stops you in your tracks. Over the years, I've observed that with physical and emotional discomfort, we subtly adjust our life around our deficit. If our knee hurts, we take the stairs less frequently. For back hurts, it affects how we sit down and stand up. Sciatica and chronic knee pain are perfect examples of this. Sometimes, when recovering from an injury, it is essential to do this so as not to re-injure ourselves. Other times, discomfort eclipses previously enjoyable activities because they've become too difficult. Before we know it, our ongoing discomfort has limited our ability to fully participate in life. Yoga Bones offers condition-based yoga therapy for readers to design their own home practice, to heal pain, and to increase life engagement. Valerie Atelis interviews Laura Staten, the author of Yoga Bones, a comprehensive guide to managing pain and orthopedic injuries through yoga. Laura Staten holds a master's degree of science and occupational therapy from NYU and is a CIAYT yoga therapist specializing in injury rehabilitation. She works as a senior occupational therapist at a Northwell Health teaching hospital and is the co-author of Baby Ohm, Yoga for Mothers and Babies. Laura is passionate about yoga's powerful effect on physical and emotional well-being and how this interacts with daily life. For many years, she was a dancer and choreographer in NYC and received her BFA from the Juilliard School. Meet Laura at laurastaten.com. Here's the interview with Laura Staten. In your own words, who is Laura Staten? Um, well, I guess very simply, I'm a grown-up. I am a female. I live in Brooklyn. I've been in New York for over 30 years. I was a former performer, modern dancer, choreographer in the city for years, and that was really great. And then I sort of segued into yoga And then from there, I kind of segued into occupational therapy. And now I can say that I sort of feel like I having I encompass kind of all three of those traditions. Um, I'm a mom. I live in Brooklyn, like I said. Have two birds. 
<laughs> That's cute. <laughs> Nature, yeah, in your house. That's yeah. wonderful. The official first question, besides the first one, which is one of the most important questions I ask, who are you, mm-hmm. is the um, wellness and well-being. Do you separate them? Do you have different definitions for them? Yeah, I mean, I think wellness is always a pursuit. You know, I mean, I think it's something that we try to do in our or we can do in our lifestyle in order to achieve a sense of well-being, you know, Mm -hmm. so I don't think that they're the same thing. I think that wellness is something that we continually can work on through the lifespan, which is one of the reasons I like OT so much and one of the reasons I like yoga so much. They're so complementary and generous with both those things. What is healing to you and what are some of the misconceptions we have about healing, Laura? I think healing to me is being able to define something in yourself that's not working as well as you want it to be working, you know, like it could be something ancient from your childhood. It could just be something very practical that you feel like you could be more focused on. It could be identifying some kind of physical pain or emotional pain or psychic pain almost. It could be some, some deficit that you feel like you've perceived and then actually working on that, you know, actively working on it. And I think whatever you do to identify a problem and then work on that problem in in whatever form you do it is healing, is a healing action. And then it's something that we might be practicing for the rest of our lives in a way, because there's no destination for healing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess in a way it's sort of a mindset. Mm, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there are people that can go through life feeling like they're evolving and changing and working on stuff. And I think that there are people that probably, I mean, in a way, I guess that's a little bit of a luxury. And then there's some people that um, are, aren't able to do that for whatever reason. They're maybe troubled with other things. They have other issues going on. They didn't grow up in an environment where that was possible. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a luxury to be able to be able to focus on your own healing, Mm. but I think even in small ways, people can do that. Do you see all forms of healing being self-healing? Oh God, that's such a great question. I mean, I guess I do sort of believe that the more you can heal from within, the more it expresses in your life as you move through your life and as you interact with life. So I think in a way they're mutual. They're not completely, you know, it's not like a self-centered kind of thing, but I think that you have to put yourself in the healing. What is your idea, understanding of what is to be spiritual? Mm, I mean, for me, that's a loaded word. For me, I think spirituality comes from feeling connected to something that you feel like um, is takes you in a way either out of yourself mm-hmm. or into yourself right. or something with both. I mean, I'm, I, I have a physical practice. I have a practice that I feel is spiritual, but I, yet I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Yes. So, yeah. so for mm-hmm. me, spiritual has nothing to do with religion, but it has to do with, um, a deeper process that goes on within you and around you and your relationship to your environment. 
Mm, yes, it's very personal in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what I, I hear about yoga, even the word yoga means union, uh, body, mind, spirit. Um, so isn't that a spiritual practice, Laura? I mean, I think it is a spiritual practice, but a spiritual practice isn't a religious practice. Right. It's a practice of self-evolution, going through the body, the breath, self-discipline, you know, um, concentration, meditation. It's all towards a greater divine and a divine in yourself and that or in the universe or in God. It can be many, many different things. Another question I have for you. You wrote the book Yoga Bones, a comprehensive guide to managing pain and orthopedic injuries through yoga. Before I ask you some more questions about your book, how is pain connected to suffering? Can they be somehow a different component? Can they be something different, those two pieces? I mean, I think pain can cause suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's an obvious link. And yeah. I think that it can be in, you can have obviously physical pain, you can have emotional pain, you know, often emotional pain is, is a harder pain. Yeah. I think yeah. people respond to pain differently, and they have different pain tolerances. You know, I think some people use a little bit of pain to motivate themselves. I think some people that have a have less of a tolerance for pain Uh, pain can be crippling. And so I think people have to sort of discover because pain is a part of life. Yeah, true. You know, you can't have a life without pain. And so I think it's sort of a a matter in a way I try to sort of tell my kids, like, it's (laughs) good to have the appropriate amount of pain, whatever that is. Like, you know, I mean, it was very stressful to be a modern dancer. It's very stressful to perform. It's very, a lot of things are very stressful and things cause pain but you can build up your coping strategies and you can build up sort of a robust sense of being able to move through pain and learn how to get out of it on the other Mm. side. And I think that's important. Yes. I love that idea. Yeah. There's um, in a way dancing with the movements of life and not getting stuck. And speaking of dance, how did you become a dancer? I guess it was one of those things that I felt like I was relatively good at. And I guess more, I felt like I was a performer. I felt like I was able to perform. And I didn't go into acting. I went into dance because I think that I felt like I was able to um, feel things in my body. And that was really, your body is a great vehicle, you know, that can move you right through to yoga and right through to OT. You know, often people would say to me, if they hadn't seen me in 10 years, they'd be like, well, I can't believe you're doing OT. You were a dancer. What happened? And I was like, well, but they were so similar. You know, the body expresses itself in so many different ways. And they're subtle and they're not subtle and they're energetic and, you know, they're complicated and they're beautiful. Um, so, you know, I think I learned to listen to my body as a dancer. Is intuition connected to this idea of listening to the body or the body has a life of its own? It operates on its own. Intuition. Yeah, I mean, I think you can learn to listen to your body. I mean, I think absolutely you have to learn how to listen to it because I think people that were never, their skills, their techniques for you to pay attention to your body. 
I mean, I think that we grow up in a culture that doesn't really allow us to do that. I mean, I think the culture is changing, but I think a lot of us have grown up either in family structures or cultural structures where your body is objectified, your body is something for you to get something or achieve something or a way to get to point A or point B. And there's not a lot of um, listening that we learn to do. Making the body this object to just get us where we want to be, the mind wants us to be, and always making it work all the time, telling it what to do and not listening to it. Yeah, and we get, you know, we get exhausted. We get psychically exhausted. We get physically exhausted. We push ourselves. And I mean, often there's a whole, you know, there's a whole thing for years and years and years about how, you know, there's even a book, The Body Keeps the Score. Like the body, our bodies tell us information. So it's very, it's very important. I've done um, some student podcasts recently, a few of them, a lot of students in school and OT school, one of the new mediums they're doing for their graduate programs is they're doing podcasts. And they were asking me whether or not they feel that yoga should be a part of the OT curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I was like, absolutely, it should be because I mean, dance, started this process for me, but yoga really helps you put the mind and the body together. And I think in order to become a more effective or in-touch therapist, I think that it's important to be able to understand where your own body is in space and your relationship to your own body and your pain and your feelings and your alignment and standing up straight and moving through space so you can help someone else do that. True. And I think that's, yeah, it's just not, it's not an easy skill to learn. It's a whole sort of depth of practice and field. And that takes self-awareness too. That's important too. Let me ask you a few more questions, the warm-up questions, Laura. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? I don't, I mean, I guess I would say to learn and to grow. And I know that seems very simplistic, but I don't think it, necessarily has to be a grand existence. I mean, I think all lives are equal and, you know, we are lucky to be alive and we're only alive for a short amount of time, relatively. Um, And a lot of life can happen in that. And I think we need to learn about ourselves and learn about our environment and learn about the cultures that we're in. And, you know, I think if you can serve your community and serve others, I think that's really good if you have that capacity to do that, you know? Yeah. I think that is also excellent. When I think about growth, yeah, I do think about self-knowledge, self-awareness, inner peace. Do you also uh, measure growth from those perspectives? I mean, I think that we all go through periods in our life where we feel like we have more inner peace or we're we're growing mm-hmm. more yeah, yeah. um you know like adolescence and child like your first year of life there's a whole sort of span of human development but i i i think that it's important to be able to um not put pressure on yourself to always sort of grow and change in a certain kind of way i feel like there are times when you grow and you have pain and you learn things and then there might be a period of time where you're not as much and you're, you need to be more reflective and, you know, sort of take care and go inward. Mm. And, and I think it's yeah. important to know that and 
uh, Yoga Bones came a little bit out of that because I was working in a hospital and, um, you know, people would come in and they might come in for like having fallen down, they'd have a, like a hip replacement or something, or if they, you know, fall and have a hip fracture and they'd be in rehab and I'd be working with them and they wouldn't be able to say, put on a, a, you know, a sweater or a shirt because they couldn't use their arm. And I was like, so what happened with your shoulder? And they're like, well, I don't know. It just stopped working a couple of years ago. I'm like, well, what do you think happened? They're like, I don't know. I didn't ever get it checked out. It just stopped working and might even be bilateral shoulders. (laughs) So I kept, I kept feeling like there's so many times where people, they don't know that their life has become smaller because they haven't been able to identify that there's something wrong. They haven't been able to identify that or they or they feel not empowered to try to or, or they're not in a situation where they can fix it, you know. So they just sort of live with pain. And then living with pain means that there's a reduced life sort of back to your question of pain and suffering. It means that there's reduced life participation. Right. You know, yeah. you don't you're not going out to live your most full life at whatever age you're in, whatever part of your lifespan you're in, if you have pain and you've and your functioning has become decreased and you're not able to um, function to the to the fullest of your capacity at that moment. And I was just seeing that again and again and again. And both occupational therapy and yoga, I think, really strive to have people learn learn about themselves, learn to self-regulate, learn to look inward, learn to sort of notice what their deficits are. And I, you know, and yoga, for instance, will, they both sort of increase balance and improve function and maybe decrease reactivity. So they, they both kind of are healing practices uh, and work on increasing function. And it's hard to imagine that some people actually choose to live in pain instead of um, learning the reasons why they ain't paying. Would you say fear is gets in the way? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure fear. And also just I think sometimes people have this feeling that it's just they learn to live with it. Mm, right. I mean, that's what yeah. I hear again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. That you just wow. like, and sometimes things are misdiagnosed. You know, sometimes yeah. things aren't caught for a long time. And it's yeah. just like, you know, I've had back pain for a long time, you know, not me, but I, you know, some will have back pain yeah. for a long time, but it might be more serious. It might be stenosis or, you know, might come from a herniated disc or something. And so sometimes people identify it, but they just think that they don't know how to fix it. Yeah. So it could be fear or it could just be a lack of tools. And that's also why I sort of felt like, well, let me do something where I can have people that actually have identifiable issues and give them something that they can work on. So they don't have to go on YouTube. They don't have to search the internet. They, you know, yeah, they can, yeah, yeah. if they, if they know that they have a herniated lumbar disc, let me, I, I have something that will probably help them. If they have a frozen shoulder, I, I, I can give them something that will help increase mobility and strength, you know, yes, it, yeah. it's just in a, in a yoga way. So yeah, I mean, I do think it's fear, but I think it's also just sort of sometimes 
not feeling that you have the power or the information to make change. Thank you for doing that, Laura. That's a beautiful, compassionate work. Generous, too. In your book, you cover the spine, lower back, upper back, shoulders. You have different sections of the body, pelvis, knees, extremities. So it's very detailed and easy to use. And let me ask you a question. Yoga bones, is that a, a method that you have created? Oh, no, 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 not at all. That was just a title. Okay. It was just really, I just found myself, because I work in occupational therapy professionally, and I'm a yoga therapist yeah. professionally. Yeah. Well, meaning just that's how you, know, you make money. And yeah. so I just felt like there was so much often um, like some hostility between still and between the two factions like sometimes yoga people would just be like well you know you know the western medical profession it all just wants to control you it only looks at certain body parts and they just want to give you a pill and you know don't have that hip replacement do yoga and it was kind of like well no that's not true and then you'd have western medicine going you know Yoga people, they're all flakes and they don't know what they're talking about and they just want people to breathe and think about their chakras and they have no idea. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, that's yeah. not true, right, right. you know. Um, yeah. So I was just like, and I just felt like I had a foot in both doors, really. And I was operating in both worlds and I was having similar conversations in both places. You know, I was bringing yoga into my Western medicine practice. And I was, you know, firmly believing in a Western medicine, like biomedical evidence-based approach with yoga as well. So do you offer occupational therapy online or just in person, Laura? Um, no, I do. I mean, now because of COVID, everything is Zoom. So I do, you know, lots of Zoom, you know, privates with people. I have one later today. And I Kind of, even if I'm, even if we, they want a yoga class, I mean, I, I do yoga, but I probably assess them first in kind of like an OT type of way. I'll assess their range of motion and their balance and their function, or, or I will just kind of look at how people are getting in and out of bed and how they're sitting and how they're standing and how safe they are. It really depends on the person and what the situation is. Um, so I think I like actually authentically look at both things at the same time. And when I'm working with a patient in the hospital, I'm often throwing yoga, having them do yoga interventions. You know, I get them prone, I get them doing baby back arches, I get them, you know, on their stomach because we don't, I think, get enough people on their stomach a lot in the hospital because it's, mm. you know, hard. It's hard to be in your stomach. And as we age, the spine gets sick and people don't lie in their stomach. So I'm, yeah, I'm always, I'm sort of always incorporating both wherever I, I feel like I see the deficit. You said yoga is the most comprehensive approach that you have found because it can be used through one's lifespan to enrich the emotional, physical, energetic, and introspective aspects of self-healing. Mm. So introspective aspects of self-healing, I never heard it that way. What would that be? Meditation? Um, I mean, yes, it could be meditation. There's a lot of information that's been done, I think, I guess in maybe the past 10 or 15 years about how meditation increases neuroplasticity. Yeah. So that's nothing new. Um, but it's important. And also, I think that when there's, I mean, I'm going to sound dramatic here, but, you know, if you take a psychiatric diagnosis and some, and a part of sort of pulling people back 
or even or even PTSD or even like high anxiety, sort of a, a lot of sort of pulling people back online so they can function from a, like a more centered, authentic place is going to be about sort of finding some um, breathing, finding some concentration, finding some ability to focus. And those are all the different, some of the different limbs of yoga, because um, yoga has sort of like an octopus has eight limbs. So those are some of the aspects of meaning aspects. Those are some of the aspects of yoga. Um, and then of course, there's the pranayama, which is the breath practice. And, you know, we know um, how incredibly important breath is for calming, bringing us into our parasympathetic nervous system, which is like a rest and digest nervous system. And so yoga for me, it's, it's a practice that has encompassed, that encompasses, it's so, it has so much depth and so much dimension that you can work on, on, you know, many different aspects of it. And when I was dancing, I probably was working most on the asana, which is kind of what people think about yoga, yeah, yeah. you know, and the asana aspect of it, because I was working with my body so, um, yeah. you know, concretely. But, you know, for me, it could, it, for, for, pe- for other people, it could be running, it could yeah. be walking, it could be tai chi or qigong or, you know what I mean? It could be dancing. It doesn't have to be yoga. But for me, I, I just, it's, a, it's been, I've been doing it for 30 years because it's a practice that I keep exploring and learning. And it's, and it's like the gift that keeps on giving, you know, yeah. the more you do it, the more you learn and the more it gives you and enriches your life. Wow. that's how I, you know, yeah. how I think of the yoga practice is really, it's, it's a whole sort of bouquet of depth. And yes, it's very much sounds like it. The more I hear you, the more I'm like, oh my God, I have to, <laughs> not that I have to, but inspire me <laughs> to look for some oh, good. Yeah, practice good. yoga. <laughs> I got my boyfriend doing yoga. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it, took, it took me a year, but now he does yoga once a week on Zoom and you know, he loves his yoga teacher. He's very devoted, very consistent. And, you know, you don't even have to, like, that's a practice. Mm. Even once a week is a practice. Yeah. You know, if you did it every morning for, I have a student I read about in my book who um, he knew he wasn't the type of person. And I think this is good for people that are listening, like, and for a home practice, like he knew he was not the type of person that would just sit down and do like 20 minutes or half an hour of yoga a day. He just knew he wasn't. He just, yeah. he's old. He just knew. So, you know, he devised this little system where he was making coffee in the morning and he would do Tadasana and stretch his arms over his head. And he would sort of do a, a kind of half dog at the countertop and uh-huh. you know he might stretch his shoulders and then later during the day he would do a few hip stretches on a chair and then maybe at night he'd put his legs up the wall like he had his breakdown of three po- three or four poses throughout three or at three times during the day right. and for him that yeah. worked and that kept him in his body that was his practice mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this big dramatic intense yoga time like it will be whatever it is Yeah, that's a great messaging suggestion because sometimes we think that we go all the way or do nothing, one or the other extremes. But I noticed that women are a lot more interested in yoga for some reason. Do you see that too? Have you seen that throughout the years? Yeah, I mean, it's sort of sad in a way. It's yeah. like the packaging of femininity and youth yeah. and beauty. Yeah. Um, I guess there's that part of it that part of it is there. And and probably women are just also, you know, on a, on a less negative note. <laughs> I mean, women are, women are probably also just a little bit more 
experimental sometimes. Yeah, they right. go to dance and, you know, there's just like a little bit more um, of a willingness and there's not necessarily a sports culture in the same way that there is with men. Yeah. But I think that I do right. think that's changing, you know, like, like, you know, traditionally yoga in this country was very Caucasian and that I think that's changing as well. And there's more awareness of that, you know, not being such a stereotype and, you know, there's a lot of discussions about cultural appropriation and yoga. And I think that those are all important discussions to have as well. Right. Um, but yeah, women are definitely a part of that. Women are definitely a part of that trend. Absolutely. It, it might be because women, like you said, we love to explore. We're more open to new things and more flexible in general, mentally, emotionally. I think so. And I think that women also tend to this is probably another generalization, but I think that women tend to be able to care for themselves mm, yeah. um, a little bit more directly than yeah. men do sometimes. You know, I think it's yeah. a little bit easier. Like we make our doctor's appointment, we make our dentist appointments, you know, I think it's a little bit more a part of um, what we do. We have our gynecological appointments, you know, every year, your pap smears, your, you know, whatever it is. I think that women, there's, they sort of, they do that more regularly than men do in general. Yes. That's probably part of that as well. That is sad to hear. So we women, it's almost our responsibility to kind of help men, assist them, or inspire them in this self-care kind of idea world so they can do that more often too. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that happens. I definitely think that happens. And I'm hoping that with my book, like, you know, a lot of a lot of students that I had when I, I started a yoga program in my hospital and I would have, you know, like 70 and 80 year olds coming in that had fallen down and broken their hip or their shoulder, their ribs or their back. And they would be doing yoga for the first time. And, um, they often were really, well, they were interested in, they were also really excited about it because their grandchildren were doing yoga, yoga. And Mm -hmm. so they were, that was like another kind of form of bonding. So I'm hoping that like, you know, different generations can help other generations and other genders okay. be successful in their self-discovery and exploration of their own body because it's a, it's a really fascinating thing to explore you know your your own connection to your body explore the pains we have emotional and physical pains like it's really uh, can i stop thinking about this that some of us choose to hold down to pain and we live with it that's really sad it is sad. It breaks. It really breaks my heart. Yeah. I see yeah. it. I see it every single day. And I just feel like, oh, it just makes my heart cry. It really does. Right. Because it sometimes doesn't take much yeah. to jump out of that. You know, how sometimes like a good conversation with a friend can totally change your mental weather. Or yeah. if you go on a walk, you know, it doesn't always like we were saying earlier, it doesn't always have to be this big you don't have to be in therapy for 20 years. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just you just have to start somewhere, you know? And um, I think that's a really important message for people that mm. feel like they can't identify how to sort of shake off something and and get and sort of re reorient themselves and and build develop self-efficacy and you know take another step forward. And and I think that's important to to learn how to do and to feel that you can be successful doing it. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that my book can bring that to some people. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's hard. I totally agree. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking when people feel like 
they don't have the skills or that they're not worth it. Thank you so much, Lauren, for the beautiful message, your beautiful work, wonderful work, really. I was going through the pages of your book on Amazon, looking at the um, content, and I was just, my mind, you know, I saw the, um, the way you talk about breath and even fun time that's non-negotiable. And oh. I love that part. <laughs> that was such a fun um, section because I was like, oh, my God, we have to go out and have fun. Right. You know, especially right. this year with COVID. It's right. just been so horrible yes. for a lot of people. And yeah, we do have to have like leisure time is non-negotiable. You have to go have fun. You have to enjoy your life. Yeah. You know, what a wonderful you message. Can, yeah. Hmm. We need to not just know, but be reminded of this all the time. So that's what you have reminded me to be more, a lot more aware of pain, all kinds of pain, and not be afraid of exploring and trying to find some solutions for that. Mm. And also this idea of having fun, which is connected in a way. The less pain we have, the more fun we have. So it makes sense. Yes, you can allow yourself and you, and you actually feel it. You know, you can feel fun and experiences in a different way if they're not filtered through a lens of anxiety, of pain, of sort of self, you know, or or even self. Sometimes when you're stuck in a certain place, there's a certain kind of self-pity that can come with that or self, you know, sorrow for yourself. And, you know, all of that impacts our healing. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for your work. Thank you so much for your work. I think your work is very unique and special. Just talking to all these really amazing people that you talk to. It's quite intimidating. I was quite intimidated to come on your podcast. <laughs> oh my God, I love what I do, Laura. Thank you for the encouragement. Oh, and This is just a conversation we have about healing especially, but everything else in between. So I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Um, No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I think we've actually talked about a a lot of things. You know, I I just really hope that people can sort of increase their own self efficacy with how they, um, you know, go about helping themselves Um, move through obstacles in their life because it just doesn't take much. Right, right. Always, always to sort of... It can be very simple, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes yes and sometimes no, but it's always step, you know, one step, another step, another step, another step, and then you're at the door. So it's having the courage to try something different, to be open. Yeah. I always go back to openness. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is another word for healing? Um, Another word for healing... Um, probably growing, growing, like growing with intention, consciousness, maybe consciousness. Two more questions. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leave in the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? Mm, I think probably, I know probably always, everyone always says this. I think I would want to communicate with everyone in my life that was important to me. And I'd want to have honest um, and impactful conversations from my heart with them. Like impactful for me. I don't necessarily can't control other people, but for me. Um, And I guess I'd also want to travel (laughs) (laughs) and see a lot of different cultures. I mean, I've traveled a lot, but I'd want to travel more. Yeah, And I'd want to have fun. 
Mm. I'd want to enjoy life, mm-hmm. yes. you know, yeah. and I'd want to take my kids with me. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's a lot. Yeah, that sounds great to me. Yeah, something yeah. to think about. I love that question because it makes us reflect on what matters. Yeah, it's a bit of a scary question. Thank you for that. Thank you, Laura. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, I know we die. And let's see. I know that there are good times and that there are bad times and that things change. Things change, uh, and then we die. I don't believe in um, in death. We're coming from the perspective of consciousness itself. It was never born, and it will never die. As yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think that's absolutely beautiful because um, what you what you build in your life is your life. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I do think life is sort of like a uh, a beautiful story. Yes, that, that right. you right. you have to create mm. you know you're not mm. given a beautiful story right. I mean you're given your life but <laughs> yes. you have but you have to create the beautiful mm. story and your actions mm. your daily actions create that story your actions and your thoughts create that story we are given the opportunity to create a story to write a book and that's what life is right yeah so thank you so much again for the insights oh, thank you so much. <laughs> wow This has been really meaningful and fun to do. And thank you so much. You've made me think about a lot of things too. Yeah, thank you, Laura. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Oh my God, thank you. Um, I have an Instagram, that's Lulu OT Yoga. Um, My name, Laura Staten. I have a website, laurastaten.com. My book is on Amazon and in you know, it's the easiest place to get it, but it's probably all over because Hachette published it. And let's see what else. Oh, and I have a little like on Instagram, I'm doing little stories um, that are transferred about transfers. And so they're transfer videos. So that's kind of pulling the OT piece in where if people have trouble getting up or transferring down to the floor or getting out of bed, I'm doing a whole little transfer series. So that's really exciting for me right now because I'm a little obsessed with transfers. (laughs) Um, So I guess that's an aside. But yeah, so I guess Instagram, um, which my son's girlfriend is helping me do. Right. <laughs> and because I'm not that good at it. Um, and I don't use mm. Facebook that much, but my website, and I also teach Zoom classes too. Wonderful. So, so that's good to know. I'll have your website link yeah. on your podcast profile. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you so much again, Laura, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Valeria. Bye for now. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Laura Staten and her work, please visit laurastaten.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.